Welcome to Testify It, where we are sharing the love of Christ and building people up through testimonies and teaching. Our passion is to share how God is working in people's lives today. My name is Rhonda Wagner, and I am a founder and board member at Testify It. We have a powerful testimony today from Diane Gongaware. Diane went through a tragedy in her life that no one ever wants to go through. But in it all, she kept her focus on God, and He made her latter days better than her former. Well, welcome to Testify It. My name is Judy Fowler, and I am a board member at Testify It. And I'm sitting here today with my dear friend and sister in the Lord, Diane Gongaware. Well, 19 years ago... Diane experienced something in her life that none of us ever want to go through. But watching Diane go from shock to despair to denial, all kinds of things, to victory in Jesus, her faithful God, is truly a story of grace and hope. Diane, just take us through that, uh, that experience in your life. And how God really cared for you. Hi, Judy. It's good to see you again. And to be able to tell my story, because it is something that, as you said, no one would ever want to go through. And I certainly didn't think I was signing up for something (laughs) like that uh, whenever I married my late husband, Gary Mangus. He was a school teacher, and we were, had been married 26 years when he took his own life. Mm-hmm. We were in our 40s, two children. The older son was a junior in college, 20 years old. Our younger son was 16 at the time and a junior in high school, the high school where his father taught. Mm. That gave us uh, a little extra trauma and drama with the situation. I had been working full-time in an office in our township as a clerk, secretary, treasurer, and it was September 11, 1997, when our lives completely took another turn. However, it, it, it was something that God was in. I never doubted anything about all of it, mm. that God wasn't there with me or in it. As a matter of fact, the day that my husband took his life, the Lord spoke to me as close to audibly as I can say that I heard his voice in that Uh way. Um, We had, as a couple, been going our separate ways throughout the time, and he was involved in a lot of activity. He was very involved with his friends from the State Teachers Association. He held an office with a local regional setup of the Teachers Association, had been doing a lot of traveling. In the past, he had been involved in a lot of activities with scouting, Lions Club. He was a well-liked person, well-liked teacher, and that was great from the outside looking that way. But as a family, he drew away from us, and I was a Christian and had been for quite a long time. So we had our boys. The one who was 16 was going through a lot of difficult things himself. He was moody. He was trying to figure out who he was, and his father was mostly absent from our lives at that point. He would come home to sleep, or um, 
eat. Hmm. But he really didn't spend any time with us at all. As a matter of fact, I sort of considered it emotional adultery hmm. <laughs> that he literally had taken on this other family, became so involved in their lives that he would go and do things for them, and we felt neglected. It didn't help me at all to know that he figured that it was all right. He thought that was perfectly mm-hmm. fine because I could handle things with the kids and so on. There came a time when, in the Lord, I believed that I acted in faith to say to him, you can't do this anymore. I, I had seen some signs more and more of our sons becoming hard, distant, and the younger, more rebellious even, withdrawing even more. And so there came that day when I said to him, you just can't do this anymore. You need to make a choice. Uh, you need to choose either us as your family or them and all those other things. Uh, there was an issue of an emotional attachment to that family's um, wife and mother. And that wasn't well either. So, and they... And it was hard for me to deal with because it wasn't my kind of lifestyle anyway. It wasn't what um, I felt that we would be doing, you know, as we grew into our later years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of uh, the situation uh, leading up to the uh, the morning that he took his own life on September 11th. What was that like to wake up at? And hear gunshots in your backyard and then discover that your husband had killed himself. What was difficult is we had our routines. His routine, he would get up and get dressed and, and then he would go down to the basement, have a cigarette. I got up and would get ready and go. But this was a different morning. He was wanting to, at this point now, if you recall, I had said to him, you need to decide. There were some instances that had happened in the months after that that we became apart so much that he was thinking of divorcing me. Mm. And we were at that place where I wanted something to happen. I needed the Lord to do something to intervene. So what what happened that day was he was ready to, to go with me and tell me how I was going to pay for this or pay for that, mm. and he was going to do this and do that. And at that point, I had already spoken to uh, a professional and learned that the best way to handle this kind of thing, because my sons were my main concern. I, I was concerned about them. I knew with myself, or at least I thought, <laughs> With me, I was going to be broken, destitute, basically. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought I was losing my house, losing my family, but I wanted to make sure that the boys were taken care of. And he was trying to go over this list of, you pay for this, I'll pay for that. I said to him, you just need to talk to a lawyer. I won't discuss any of this with you without a lawyer. And that's when he just reacted, totally just reacted, threw up his arms, started pacing back and forth in the house, and he went to the gun cabinet and couldn't find the key. The reason he couldn't find the key was a few months earlier, he had attempted to frighten my elder son and myself mm. by uh, threatening to take his life he had taken a gun and he had taken off in the car a long story short i did ask him if we could just take the key away from the gun cabinet and put it somewhere else so when he went to do that 
you couldn't get the keys out. Oh. <laughs> he comes back up, pacing back and forth. And, and I'm sitting there, and this is when I heard the Lord say to me something that Dr. Bruce Fowler and Judy had spoken to me in counseling throughout this whole time as I was a client of theirs then. And it was this. He said, don't react Diane. The Lord said that to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Isn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> Which just, isn't your normal uh, <laughs> way to do things, is it? <laughs> you, know, you, you, you know, you think, oh, thus saith or <laughs> you know, show me in your word, and you flip it open and hope you land on something, <laughs> you know. But it was just so clear, and I was shaking, of course. And he began then, he, he somehow ended up by, I can't quite remember, he went and found a hammer and broke the glass on the gun case, got oh, the wow. gun, outside the door he went. And at that point is when things were going down. The younger son woke up, uh, he had heard things going on. I said, I need to get ready for the day you need to get ready for school your dad's going to work i'll call the principal once i think he's down there to warn him that he's very agitated today so i heard the shot and what was that like you asked Uh me i think so (laughs) you know it's funny it's just like you read in the books it really is when you you hear it, and you kind of know what that was, but at the same time, your mind isn't processing it. Your mind, you just totally go into this mode of, I just need to finish what I'm doing right now. I need to finish my shower, and so on, and get ready for the day. And After I, you heard the gunshot. How? After you heard the gunshots, you still mm-hmm. didn't, that didn't comprehend. Just, just, yeah, I, I kind of knew, but I kind of was like, it just seems like suddenly I just went into remote control kind of or something. Kind of a denial of what was... I think. Uh-huh. I, I guess if you put a word on it, that would be uh-huh. that. The younger son came, knocked on a door, and said, Mom, I need you. I think Dad shot himself. We go out, and that was the beginning of the rest of my life at that <laughs> point. <laughs> and that's the background of the story and the events of, of what led up to it and what he did, how he had taken his life. He did do it with a gun, and he did it in the woods and behind the backyard of our house. Mm. And our son is the one who went back first, and... Your younger son? Gary is his name, yes. Mm-hmm. He went back and found him. And he's the 16-year-old, so that's a vulnerable age for a kid. It was. It was. He really suffered a, a lot of years mm-hmm. through that. He he really did have a lot of trauma, difficulty from that. Did that situation bind you together with the two of them, or did it? was there a lot of division and confusion at that time, or, or did you bound to get bound together tighter way to answer that would be like this when a person can cry and laugh at the same time (laughs) it's it was that we became bonded in a way that i think would not happen naturally um in the normal sense of life because this was a, a something that was unique to us something that was traumatic that left us all with a bunch of baggage that I uh, have felt that their dad packed (laughs) and gave to us to carry around after he was gone. So in one sense, it did bind us together. In another sense, it gave me, as their mother, a lot more concerns about are they all right what what's going to happen with them and how do i deal with them because i didn't know what the younger one would do the older one steve is his name he was in college he was pretty well on his way to 
growing up and maturing. He had had a girlfriend, and his life was pulling together, and he was looking down the road in a few years to obtain a teaching job, which he has. Mm-hmm. So Gary, though, he, he was a real uh, case to mm-hmm. <laughs> have, you know. And in a lot of ways, it did divide us, though. Mm. Because, you see, in this particular instance, Dad suddenly became idolized. Mm-hmm. And I was ashamed to admit and felt guilty when I said to my girlfriend, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's over now. And... That was a relief, but at the same time, I felt guilty because I said that and (laughs) felt that way. And so the part that, if I would say, divided us with anything would be us all trying to grow past the trauma, the tragedy, the grieving, and moving into this and growing... But we're all trying to figure out who we are and where we're headed. And and my one concern over all of it was I didn't want them to turn away from God. Uh I didn't want them to walk away from the Lord. And I knew, and there were, as we'll talk, I, I had moments that my faith grew so deep in a way that time that I've never experienced since Mm. that kind of depth. Now it's more of I just know, (laughs) you know, believe God. And at that time, though, he was building in me complete trust, complete faith in him. Mm -hmm. And over all of it, the, the thing was the enemy wanted to step in and tear us apart and kill this family, mm-hmm. but he didn't. Amen. Mm. And so, was your prayer answered for these boys? Did they keep walking with the Lord? Yes, and no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was one of those growing in the Lord as the older son pursued his dream of marriage and family teaching. He has received that from the Lord. He's involved very much with his uh, church, but his walk with the Lord, or should I say, and his walk with the Lord, is solid. He is leading his family. They they are teaching their son. He was now seven. Nathan is a fine young fellow, <laughs> and. They uh, teach him the ways of the Lord, and those are hallmarks mm-hmm. of what I would say if I were to answer your question. Yes, the older son, he definitely had grieving, had problems, and we, we got through those mm-hmm. rather well. The second son has been a challenge mm-hmm. and still is. Although, while he did, for a while, act out um, and became disillusioned with the Lord. If I were to give you a word for that, it would be disillusioned. Because he had had prophetic words over him, and I think he, that more or less he was going to go mission be a missionary uh-huh. to the world or whatever, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> take the kingdom for God, uh-huh. you know. Uh, but he found out when he was walking day by day, didn't turn out quite like that uh-huh. because I think God had bigger things in mind for him. Uh-huh. But Gary misunderstood what that might have meant. In other words, God was working on his character. Uh-huh. He had become his father, and he was uh-huh. building this young man up and wanting him to know who he is. So Gary did. He turned away for a while. He had some relationship 
problems. He had gotten married and divorced a short time later. I became uh, just so disillusioned. And But in, in all of that time, one thing I can say that gave me hope with him was that you could still talk to him about the things of the Lord. And he wanted to, as long as you just didn't get too personal, <laughs> you know, and, and want it maybe like a mom fix them, you know, kind of a thing. So, yes, now he is walking with the Lord. He's married, and he has a, a little three-week-old baby boy. Hmm. And I just wanted to, I gotta tell you this. <laughs> and this is again where Bruce and Judy come in. You know, we've not only, I was not only their client, but we are dear, dear friends with my husband, Jerry, and who is my gift from God. <laughs> and you're and gonna tell, him, and he found a wife, he found a And you're thing. gonna tell us about that pretty soon, I think. <laughs> but, um, that Judy, I lost my thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You were talking about me, and I... Yeah, all oh, where Bruce and Judy come in. They were going to have this baby. He he had another name in mind. Not Bruce and Judy, but Gary no, and Sierra. Yes, Gary did. <laughs> he had another name in mind. Well, the four of us prayed earnestly, and God gave us Samuel David's name. What was... The blessing is our son listened to the advice of Bruce, Dr. B, as I call him, and his mother, and the baby is Samuel, David, God listens. Samuel means God mm. listens. So, and that was a, an, an interesting birth, wasn't it? He was born three weeks early. Mm -hmm. He was premature. He was premature, and he had some breathing issues, but uh, he's a darling little boy now. Oh, he's so precious. <laughs> he's doing very well. He's doing very well. And uh, it's a learning experience for all of them. But isn't it, though, for all of us <coughs> when you think about it? Mm-hmm. So he, yeah, he's back with the Lord. He's in a church. The church is right next door to him, so we can't use the excuse the car breaks down. <laughs> <laughs> or too much snow to get there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know that they have some real dear friends there. So I, I just praise the Lord that through that tragedy and all the hard times you've had in the last so many years, how many, 19 years, mm -hmm. that uh, the Lord is faithful. Not only to you, mm -hmm. but to them. And that's a blessing because those boys are dear. I, I know them and their families, and they're yes. very dear boys. Oh, thank you. Men. I guess they're men now, aren't they? They are, aren't they? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's true. Thank you. So um, tell us about your victory. About your getting a new life here. With oh, well, you know, not everybody gets the blessing of a new life like you got. You're right. You're right. And it is a completely new life. You know, uh, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you and Bruce before or not, but when I turned 40 years old, the Lord said to me <laughs> that the second half of my life would be better than the first half. <laughs> 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 now, I was 46 when this happened, so, um, oh, you mean it's going to be better? Here I am thinking I'm broke, I'm going to lose my house, uh, the boys and I, I don't know where we'll end up, what we'll be doing, I was totally, at that point, believing that my life was over. I really thought my life was over at that age because who wants somebody in their 40s? <laughs> you know? and at that point, I wasn't going to share my closet with anybody. <laughs> you were done with that, huh? I was done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there was this little thing called desire on my part that the Lord put in my heart that I was wrestling with it was the thought that I couldn't 
get rid of and now know that when that happens, I would just like to speak that word out there. When, when it's something that continues in you and you just have it there and maybe either in the back of your head or you, you think on it for a while, you know, you just might want to consider that could be the Lord, uh, working in your own heart. As, as I've been taught, that it's his desires working through us, for us. Well, here was that desire. I wonder what it would be like to be married to a Christian man. But I don't want to share my closet. <laughs> so there I was, completely feeling one way and with my heart and with my head going, there's no way I'm ever going to put myself in this kind of position again. And it came to a place where one of the loves that the Lord has given me to express to him my worship and has been, I believe, I can say this without guile, is that he gave this to me, and I have seen it bless others and move into the presence of the Lord in corporate worship is the gift of expression and movement. And it, it comes through dancing, mm -hmm. the uh, flags. Even now I'm doing American <coughs> Sign Language and incorporating that into my worship. Praise mm, the Lord. So um, that was one way where I saw the Lord move. I remember you changing your basement into a dance hall <laughs> a dance room yes she, she put mirrors on her walls and these it was beautiful and you like changed that uh that basement from a cold dark ugly place where your husband retreated to a beautiful yes. worship place of the lord that that was a testimony of your grace of god's grace on you it really was it was a blessed time did I thank you for revealing that to me now and speaking that out in this You testimony. never were able to teach me to dance, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, but I got you waving a hand pretty good. <laughs> she can't help herself, everybody. <laughs> but, you know, it was you and Bruce that even helped me put the border on the wall down mm. here. And they were all these vessels, like clay vessels, and beautifully ornamented oh, yeah. and decorated. Uh -huh. Do you remember what I named that room? <coughs> the Blessing Room? That I named that room, The Blessing The Blessing. Room. Well... You really, the Lord through you really changed that basement oh. from a degraded, yeah. no good, dark, dank room to a praise to him. So that's a beautiful word, room, word for that room. Thank you. And I actually, uh, I think maybe until this very moment, didn't realize how that is a hallmark mm. of showing God's um, glory, of his being glorified through that situation. That basement was nothing but death and pain and darkness. As a matter of fact, after his death, my pastor, Don Chapman at that time, and Bruce and Judy and I prayed through that area because I was so distraught over it and grieving so badly. And in, and in time, with the Lord's uh, blessing <laughs> and provision, mm -hmm. it turns out I never did lose the house <laughs> and I wasn't broke. <laughs> that we were able to completely transform that. It's white light and bright down there. And so that's one thing I, I can say that brought me closer to the Lord as I pursued that. And in the darkest of times when I couldn't have anyone close, Bruce and Judy got a few phone calls because I did have flashbacks. I had some traumatic dreams that uh, would frighten me. But I want you to know, though, that 
it's so true. It, it, it's just, there's no one like him. And he became my husband. <clears throat> he truly became my husband. And with our son in the home, I, I tried to be circumspect about my releasing emotion and things like that. And, and I am a pretty good crier and a pretty good laugher. So I, I remember specifically like holding the pillow and just crying with everything I had that it would hurt. God help me. And then he would just flood over me in this wave of love. Mm. And I knew I wasn't alone. And but, that sustained me through it all. But I think you had to be willing to go to the Lord. And I, I, I think oftentimes in situations like this, people aren't willing to go to the Lord. They turn to bitterness. And it sounds like through your dance expression and through your crying out to Him and listening to Him, that you went to him instead of just to your bitterness. And I think that was a real salvation. Yes. And the, the key, I believe, in the Lord protecting me from that is that I truly believed that I had acted in faith in following what I needed to do. Mm. And that was when I confronted my husband. I had to make a choice that no matter what it cost, I needed to do what I believed the Lord was telling me. And at that point, it was more my concern for the boys and Frankly, the younger one was rebellious, and he was being rather disrespectful toward me. And they were learning it. We were te we were doing a good job of teaching them how to do that, and I was letting it happen. Mm -hmm. And and that was not glorifying God. It it was not promoting His kingdom in our home at all. I was uh, brought by faith to that point to say, no matter what, Lord, because I had made that choice with him before I said to Gary, we can't, you can't do this anymore. And that was referring to the fact that he had basically abandoned us emotionally and physically mm -hmm. to that other family and to all his interests and what he felt were priorities. You uh, you told us earlier, uh, you used a phrase, uh, the emotional attachment. Would you explain what you mean by that? Because I, I think a lot of times people look at full-blown outward affairs, and, and that's devastating. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I think that you're thinking that yours with Gary was just... Uh, was an emotional attachment. Just explain that a little bit to us, what you mean by that. Well, uh, 19 years later, I, I truly do not think that he had a physical affair with this woman. Whatever it was that he was hunting for emotionally, I believe that he felt he could get it there with that family. He had attached himself to them, to house projects, to doing things around, like they were putting in a swimming pool when he was there. Normally, friends help friends. Mm -hmm. But this would go on for now, at this point, it was over a year at least, that he was there every day, all the time. Many times he was just with that woman. And he became so entwined in the, in the kids' lives as well that he was basically rejecting us. Mm -hmm. we, I felt rejected. I felt abandoned. Um, I was losing my respect for him. And I'm trying to remember that as a Christian woman, I'm to respect my husband. That wasn't flying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the respect issue. I, at that point, I 
supposedly, maybe that's why the Lord told me to say to him, you can't do this anymore, at least to have him man up, mm -hmm. own up to mm -hmm. what he was doing, mm -hmm. um, and make a choice instead mm -hmm. of keep pressuring and pushing a little, a little, a little. And suddenly now you're in, you're in over your head and you're the subject to headlines, <laughs> you know, and you don't even see that coming mm -hmm. at you. So it sounds like you gave him a choice and he made a, a drastic choice. Yes, it, it was a bad choice. But as we were speaking and you've asked me that question, something, um, happened to me too during that time that I'd like to point out okay. because it's it ties into the scripture in Philippians that when I was first a Christian I said to the Lord that I want to know Christ mm. and I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings mm. becoming like him in death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead I was living that wow. at this time, but didn't put it all together. Mm. But, you see, one of the experiences that I had with this was I had felt totally betrayed by him for the first time ever in our 26-year marriage. Mm. We had all kinds of issues. He was a domineering person. Um and maybe while outwardly I accepted it, inwardly I did resent it. But the wound of betrayal, Judy, I had never experienced mm. in that sense before. Mm. And that's when I, the Lord <coughs> reminded me of that scripture, when Judas betrayed Jesus. Mm. Now, I would never, mm. <laughs> never compare myself to him in that respect, but I couldn't help but worship and love him even more for him just allowing me to touch that mm. little piece of the hem of his garment to know what he went through when his friend betrayed him. Mm. And so that was Another way that he protected me from bitterness is that he stayed with me like he promises. Mm -hmm. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He's never left me. Amen. And he's always has his face turned toward <laughs> me. In other words, he doesn't just turn away and said, I had enough of her. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he says, come on, baby, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And but. That's my way of kind of handling. I don't want to ball all over the place right now. <laughs> you know? and, well, um, that's but, good therapy to ball. Mm -hmm. And you've done your share. Yeah, you've but taught, you probably, you've me <laughs> you probably need to do more. But I just think that you are a very blessed woman yes. by being a widow instead of divorcee. Yes, I'd like to share that. I can still picture Dr. B's face and his fist in the air saying, <laughs> I wrestled with God that she will not be a divorced woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is true. <laughs> I was ready to accept that. I didn't like it, but I was ready to accept that. And I could not imagine having to live like this any longer and I'm very grateful that I didn't mm -hmm. that God did take me from that he he delivered not only me but the boys and the legacy of the family mm -hmm. and he brought in an eternal legacy a few years later that I guess yes you kind of got distracted there but that, that was good stuff what you said so. thank you <laughs> but uh yes i remember um jerry and diane sitting in a uh, bible study <laughs> talking about their hearing aids and uh 
All the rest of the people in our little church knew what was going to happen, but they didn't. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> in fact, I'm not even sure Jerry was even looking for He was for clueless. Anything. I mean, just like a man. He was clueless. <laughs> but what most people didn't know was a few years before that, it, regarding the dance, I'd been in a conference, and I had... This is where we did, I did go off on the bunny trail. And at this conference, I had a discussion with the Lord, discussion. I had still been going through that desire of, I want, you know, do I want a Christian husband or do I, you know, not want to share the closet kind of a thing? Yeah. Of all the dumb things. Huh? Yeah. Get so, a bigger closet. Yeah. So, it, I went to my room. I had gone to this alone, and it was, um, I think it was in Ohio. Anyway, I had, it was such, it was one of those times when you go to a conference and you know you've touched a piece of heaven. The, the people in this conference were very open to the Lord. We, we had, um, sessions of worship and praise that were so anointed and flowed with the spirit so beautifully that I've only experienced that really I'd say less than a handful of times in corporate worship Mm. and praise and that was one of them and I went back to my room and I just said Lord I can't do this anymore I can't stand this because I had started there even looking for the ring on the finger, see. (laughs) And I was like, that's really horrible. I mean, I was disgusted with myself over that because I wanted to worship the Lord and I felt like I was betraying him (laughs) and because he was my husband now and, and yada, 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 you know. I said, this is what I need. And then you'll understand the rest of the story. (laughs) I need you to put him in my face because I am not going to go chase anybody. And I know you, Lord. I know that you can take this out of my heart. But I've been taught to know that when something like this is still there, that it just could be from you. (laughs) And so I'll accept that and I'll believe that. But I know that you can make this stop if this isn't from you. Mm -hmm. And I left it there. The desire of your, (laughs) for a husband. Okay. And it was all right after that. It was easier. You know, I I didn't, uh, if I did catch myself, there wasn't this angst with it that Mm. I had had before and um, I was able to dismiss it and keep doing whatever it was I might have been doing at the time but in my church life we had um, moved through a series of events that a group of us from our local church had moved on into building a new church our pastor of 25 years was moving on and God had taken him from a tragedy in his own life and was putting him in a new place. God's provision and protection again over someone who had suffered a terrible loss as he lost his son. So we were there and the pastor, this new pastor said, um, knowing that I could count money at least, you know, <laughs> and said, I, would you be interested in helping out with the offering? And okay, okay, go back into the back room there. Ralph will show you what to do. That was one of our elders. His name was Ralph. So I go back in and I look at Ralph. He's straight across this table from me. And to my right is this man. <laughs> Jerry Gongaware, who was counting the money out of an ice cream bucket. <laughs> he was very focused and very deliberate about, you know, doing that job. And I says, hey, Ralphie, here I am. What do you want me to do? <laughs> here, you ready? Here it comes. <laughs> I said, 
Well, Pastor Keith said, why don't you come back and see Bob Ralph and to have, he'll tell you what to do to help Conti offering. Ralph says, oh, okay. He said, Jerry, Diane's back here to help you Conti offering. <laughs> and I turned around to look at Jerry. Jerry turned around to look at me and we were like a foot apart, face to face. And I got to tell you, my knees just went boom. <laughs> Jelly, you name it. But he didn't have a clue. <laughs> Nobody had a clue except me. <laughs> and this had happened, and we had been, I'm not sure if it was before or after, the thing with the hearing aids came, because nothing happened for quite a while. I just had to believe God and wait. And having me, that was not easy. <laughs> But knowing Jerry, that was perfectly easy for oh, him. Oh, <laughs> Jerry, yeah, he's um, right. That was for him. <laughs> he didn't have a clue. <laughs> I thought, oh boy. So, but it taught me again to trust in the Lord, even if one foot's kind of hanging out over the edge. And I did. And the Lord, in so many ways, in our relationship moved like that. I could give you instance after instance the time he brought the flowers and he didn't know that I had said, Lord if you want me to stay involved with this relationship I need him to bring flowers. Huh. And I, I you know, how you do. You, I said, oh I know I shouldn't do the Gideon thing, <laughs> but I really just need encouraged. Jerry was a true Christian man, he became my friend first. Mm. And as our friendship grew, our relationship deepened, but without the mess that you can get into mm. of all the romanticism and stuff, you know, we really truly did care about each other. And we were both feeling our way through this as well as Jerry in the past had had uh, a hurt experience and I had had the hurt experience and so I don't know maybe he didn't want to share his closet either <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but he did. He brought flowers that day. That's just one example. There are several more where the Lord just specifically moved. And Jerry and I were brought together. He was a man who had been single 26 years, as he did have a previous marriage for a short time. I was married 26 years. Now, get this. This is awesome. It. Do you know the whole time he was going to this little home church that he joined it right as his own divorce was happening? And he was questioning, as a, a new Christian, what his role needed to be in this particular situation. Now, this is 26 years beginning of his single life now. Well, what do you think one of the things they would pray about would be in this small group? Him had to find a Christian wife. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, one day the Lord showed me through that, I believe that that was one way he spared my life was through those prayers mm. of Christian people who didn't know me yet. Jerry didn't know me yet. But they would pray for God to obviously protect and bring to him the wife that he had for him. Hmm. Jerry and I together now have this new legacy in Christ. We um, have that eternal bloodline of Christ. And just like in the Israelite family, when like a brother would marry the other brother's a sister or something after the death of mm -hmm. the brother. You know, he takes on that family. And these boys had the father that they needed when they were younger. God told me that. Mm. And he has said to me, I've given them the father 
that they need now. Amen. I can testify to that. Yes. <laughs> and he has, I can't say enough about the blessing of God. He has prospered us. We, um, I didn't go broke. I didn't, um, <laughs> my life was not over. It just began. Amen. Literally. And he wasn't done writing my story. And he still isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that. Well, you know, um, right now, there are, are people listening to this testimony of yours, and they're saying, oh, wow, she she's blessed, but I'm in the depth of my trauma. I'm in the depth of my rejection. I'm in the depth of my despair. I'd sure like to have her hope. I'd sure like to have her, her uh, uh, faith that, what can you what can you say to a person like that right now? Just speak to them from your heart. Well, give them some hope. Give them some encouragement. First thing I, I you know, that is an interesting question. You know, to say, okay, you're, in other words, you're asking me, what did I learn about? The Lord, or what did I learn about my Christian walk? Mm-hmm. I believe is mm-hmm. part of what's in that question. And the first thing I and to I, give them some hope. The first thing is believe God is good, mm-hmm. and His plans for us are for good and not for evil. Mm-hmm. That situation was definitely uh, something that was meant for evil. It was meant to destroy, to still kill and destroy mm-hmm. this family. And even in the depths of my despair, God proved himself real to me. Mm-hmm. He proved himself over and above his word, over and above all my spiritual hopping and bopping and dancing and uh, worshiping my face in the rug times, everything. But he became so real to me and as I pressed into him he truly did let me find him his word promised me that in Jeremiah 29 11 mm-hmm. he said I promised you a future and a hope mm-hmm. and he also says you'll hear behind you a voice mm-hmm. saying this is the way walk ye in it Many times I didn't even know if I was putting one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. or putting one forward and two back. But I, I had to believe his word, mm-hmm. his spoken word to me, his written logos to mm-hmm. me, and the different times when the word became rima mm-hmm. to me, alive. And suddenly with insight, for example, the Judas betrayal. Mm-hmm. It showed me he was drawing me into him. So as a hope, I would say there is nothing better (laughs) than knowing who he is and living that kind of life with the Lord Mm -hmm. and just knowing he's real and knowing that his plans are good Mm -hmm. because no matter what would have happened, even if I had become so grieving and so destitute, he still would have been faithful to, to bring me through and take me to wherever it is that he would have had for me had it been a, a widow the rest of my life. I had a husband. Mm-hmm. I would have had him. I already did, and I knew that, mm-hmm. and I believed it. And so my hope was in him. Y- your hope is in him. Mm-hmm. It's not something I made up. It's not something, oh, gee, I hope, <laughs> you know, it doesn't rain today, but no, it, it was a it was a real tangible thing, and it was him. Mm-hmm. He's the hope. He's the hope. Amen. Believe in his word. Believe in him, mm-hmm. and pressing in because you got to know that he is going to answer you. And that scripture, and Je- I think it's Jeremiah twenty nine twenty nine eleven that that tells you that that's a scripture that if 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 someone is listening that doesn't believe that God has a better plan for them than their despair, mm-hmm. just 
just turn now to that scripture. Jeremiah, it's in the Old Testament, 29.11. That's a beautiful scripture of hope. Thank you for sharing that with us, Diane. Can I tell you one more thing about hope is that we're not an island under ourselves. Uh And the Lord did bring people to me or rather, <laughs> I wrote them, I'm not sure. <laughs> but you do need to ask. Mm-hmm. You do need to reach out to a few close ones who are trustworthy mm-hmm. in God mm-hmm. so that then you can place your faith in Him mm-hmm. to speak through them. And not everybody's going to get it right. Mm-hmm. But that's also one of those times where you're growing as well, and you're learning to give grace, mm-hmm. and you're learning to love again. You see, you know, I had to learn to love again. I had to learn to, to step out mm-hmm. and share the closet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, seek the Lord, keep from a bitter heart, and find good Christian friends to mm-hmm. fellowship around. If you need professional help, get it. I did. Mm-hmm. I had uh, Dr. Bruce and Judy Fowler, who were my um, professional. And that's not a disgrace, is yeah, it? Yeah, help, yeah. That's not a disgrace. That's no, I, I am so grateful that I still think in my life that God put you over here just because <laughs> I knew I was going to need you. <laughs> I've always teased him with that. Um, can you just pray for that person that's hurting right now? Just a short prayer for them. I'd like to okay. pray this scripture. Okay, good. And it is found in Song of Solomon. Chapter 8, verses 6 and 7. And through this time, Lord, will you please put that hurting individual, whether it's man, woman, single, married, widowed, even divorced, Lord. This is you as their husband, speaking over their very soul, that you're saying that you have put them like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death. Lord, your jealousy for us Your jealousy for us individually is as severe as Sheol, the place of death. This is what your jealousy is like. It's flashes or flashes of fire. The very flame of the Lord. You're on fire for for us. You're on fire for me. You were on fire for me 19 years ago, as you are right now. And for that person right now, Father, whose heart has been broken, who has been betrayed, and all they could do is just wallow in a mud of despair, Let them see your arm reaching down, that arm that has the seal on it. And show them that death, death of a relationship, death of a person, death of a dream, cannot quench your love. Waters can't quench it. Rivers won't even overflow it. They can't be drowned in it. They can't be drowned in death. So, Father, I thank you for this opportunity, and I pray that 
Your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom would flow through this message to a listening ear whom you want to say, Rise up, my love. Rise up, my beloved. And come away with me. Because the winter is past. The spring has come. The turtle doves are once again cooing and loving. And everything is alive again, even though it looks like death and despair. Believe on me. Believe in me. And I believe that, Lord, you're saying that you will not disappoint. You will not disappoint. And Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you from my very heart for what you've done in my life, in my family, for my own special Boaz, Jerry Gongaware whom you have given us to each other, that we might be a blessing back to you. Praise your holy name, for there is no one like you. Thank you for listening today. I hope you were truly blessed. If you want more information about Testify It, please visit us at testifyit.com. That is T-E-S-T-I-F-Y-I-T dot com. Do you have a testimony to share? We would love to hear from you. Just go to testifyit.com and fill out the testimony form. You can find it at the bottom of any page on the site. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and truly want one, call out to him today. Decide to give over your life, surrendering it to Him, and choose to follow Him. He has already paid the price for your sins with His death on the cross. He was raised on the third day and will give you everlasting life with Him. You will be born again, and He will place His Holy Spirit within you. Until next time, remember you are loved by God and He deeply desires a relationship with you.